Guys, welcome back to my podcast, my monthly podcast. That's right, it's a monthly. I've officially given up on making it any more frequent than that for now. My new goal is actually to sync up with the moon and with my period because those girls are already synced up. So why not get my other monthly thing on board, right? Because I realized last month I actually hit that mark. I think I actually must have done that a few times without really noticing. And this month we just missed it, okay? The full moon is fading. My period's fucking gone. Um, I'm feeling amazing. Um, wouldn't that be the most like divine feminine podcast if you knew that like when the full moon was coming, so was my podcast and like none of your business, but so is my period. Maybe I'll even change the name of the podcast to Divine Femininity, the podcast. We are still in the infancy of this podcast. Anything can happen. I can still change. The set's different. Not that you can see because again, infancy, we're not worried about YouTube yet. Okay, but I have all my squishmallows beside me. It's September. I haven't drank any alcohol for 14 days. I'm changing, y'all. This makes it sound like I have a drinking problem. And, you know, that's up in the air. But September, it's September. That's the time for new beginnings of all sorts. I'm ready to change my entire life again. Okay, cruel summer, dead and gone. Dead, I mean, not till the 21st. But I'm ready for, drumroll please, in cell fall. Okay. I'm a shut-in. I'm a recluse, single and sober. I'm freshly diagnosed autistic. I am in the market for a trench coat. So if you see any good links, uh, I'm in the market. I think it's going to be my new thing. Um, I'm I'm not, not borderline anymore. This month I'm autistic, like I said, because I'm looking for a trench coat and also because I got two new squishmallows um, and, you know, something something happens to you when you transcend the single squishmallow ownership and you embark onto the collector territory you know having one squishmallow it's cute it's charming nobody's worried but but then you acquire multiple squishmallows and then something shifts in you like i actually feel i can feel it in my heart and soul and spirit when i'm out i feel awkward i'm like i'm using the squishmallows as an excuse to come home i'm like you know, I'd love to stay, but like the Squishmallows, they're at home. I gotta get back home with the Squishmallows. They need me. They're not gonna hug themselves, okay? They don't have any arms. That's what makes them so cute. And they can't hug each other. Thanks for understanding. And then people at that point are pretty happy for you to evacuate the the setting. Here's how I know my Squishmallows have officially made me clinically insane is because they've become personified, animated, even sentient, you know? Like I was hugging my new Squishmallow, Adila. How cute, how cute is that? They come with the cutest freaking names. No one's around. I'm not doing this for anyone. I But I had a feeling of guilt that I was neglecting my original Squishmallow who's been there for me since the, the start of my journey into Squishmallow um, hood. What, what, what do they call us? Squishheads? they should call us squish heads because goddamn this this is a soft skull and a smooth brain but that's i've genuinely felt like guilt i'm like i'm like neglecting my original squishmallow i'm not being a good mom and i also realized i wasn't hugging rob my other new squishmallow because he has the super soft hair on him and i didn't want it to get all matted i don't want it to get all matted so i'm avoiding hugging him because i don't want to ruin him psycho sexist actually stay with me okay so you know the taliban yeah, we're talking about the Taliban now. Shift, shift, sharp turn. 
um, they say that the women lose value if um, you can see their faces in public. That same line of thinking exists in our Western world. You know, the same one that says that women lose value according to their body count. And I don't want to make my squishmallow feel like he is only valuable to me if he is in perfect, untouched condition. So it's sexist. And as a mother, I understand the magnitude of childhood trauma I could be inflicting on my son, Rob, if I made him feel like he's only valuable to me if his hair is soft. So that's the level of insanity I'm working with in my home. Speaking of the Taliban, let's keep talking about the Taliban, something more lighthearted. Um, they banned the Barbie movie. Hey, I don't want to talk. I'm sick of talking about the Barbie movie. Why is that a news heading? That the Barbie movie was bad and banned in the Taliban? Yeah, obviously. What, what, what do you think they call the Taliban? Because they're always banning stuff. Guys, I'm a comedian. But like, can we, I don't know, like every, usually things just like, we, everyone's like, we love succession. We love White Lotus. But then we just move on as a culture. We don't let it linger. The Barbie stench is lingering. Okay. Like why couldn't be like succession themed clothing that everyone wears around the city? That would be cool. I mean, I guess that's just Bay Street. So Bay Street's actually carrying on the succession legacy longer than any of us will ever carry on the Barbie theme. But anyways, I'm getting off track. There's a news heading. Taliban has officially banned the Barbie movie. And then some mentally ill leftist in America retweets it like, what the fuck? That's so fucking messed up. It's so messed up that the Taliban banned the Barbie movie. Babe, wait till you hear what else the Taliban is up to. Okay. If I was a woman living under Taliban rule and the viral news heading in America was that a feminist movie was banned um and not the fact that all my best friends were being stoned to death that that week for accidentally revealing their face in public while trying to blow their nose i'd be like yeah actually death to america that actually sounds good let's actually death to america vibes okay so anyways the taliban taliban this is a taliban themed podcast says the taliban says that if women lose value if you can see their faces in public so obviously they're gonna hate the barbie movie and i hear them Let's meet halfway. I'm going to meet halfway. I'm going to negotiate with the Taliban, okay? Let's use the Barbie movie as a metaphor for women, which I guess they literally are. If you never take the Barbie out of the packaging, you cannot enjoy it. You kind of waste it. You got to let the Barbie be free. Play with it a bit. Keep it in good condition, but show restraint, self-control, have decorum. That's the same kind of thinking, just to circle back, just to circle back real quick. That's the kind of thinking I need to have as Rob, is this... Christian mindset, essentially, I guess, is what that is. I guess that's what I'm doing, is imposing my Christian Western values onto the Middle East, which is racist and frankly not okay, but I'm already here, so let's lean in. I, You can't totally oppress women. We can't have an overwhelmingly decadent, indulgent, living with zero abandoned cum slut approach either. No offense to my cum slutinas, um, but neither of those things are feminism. We need to strike the delicate balance, and yes, I've read three pages of Camille Palila's uh, great pronunciation, sexual persona, hardest work I've ever done all year trying to decode those pages, but I'm trying to become a genius this year. That's my other um, thing for fall is I just ordered a chess board. I'm sober. So if anyone wants to come over to play chess with me, that's me and my thing. You can come over, play chess, hug my squishmallows, and then get out. You can dr- drop some money in the donation bin if you want to donate to my trench coat, coat fund and play chess with me. Yeah. And also I'm going to church. I'm different, okay? I told you. I've changed. I read, I drink, I have autism, I go to church. Guys, everything's different. Things are changing. Don't look at me like that. Um, 
I've told a handful of people about going to church and the way 90% of them react is as if I just told them that I've started molesting children every Sunday morning, which obviously I don't, okay? Only the priests get to do that. It's a reserved right. Um, I'm kidding, but I mean, if you look at the history, not really, but I'm just there for God, okay? God, who I believe has only impregnated one 14-year-old girl, one time, okay? Regardless, I can separate the art from the artist. Church is cool, psychedelic, some might even say. It's not like a Catholic church, like the ones I was dragged out to in my youth where the priest is wearing like the starchy polyester bed coverlet in a cheap hotel room and reading from the Bible like he has a gun to his head. I started going to this Christian church that some comedians brought me out to, which feels more like an AA meeting in that it's mostly constituted of addicts and reformed whores where the pastor's reading um, scripture in layman's terms and he's wearing old navy and people are raising their hands to share incidents of how they can relate and it's a community and it's really nice it's really nice okay it's healing and like well, i'm not fucking partying on saturday night i'm different i'm waking up early to go to church the only thing that they don't have at this church is music which that's kind of whatever the antonym of a sleigh is like i have some music i have some great music that they could be playing maybe i'll put in a suggestion next time i'm there i just feel like i gotta like bide my time a bit like i gotta show up a few more times like i've only actually been (laughs) twice but i'm i really shouldn't be announcing things but who cares i'll be back to drinking i'll be back to whoring i'll be back to partying and i'll probably stop going to church at some point but for now this is me guys you're in the moment with me okay um, they could play Lana's Say Yes to Heaven. There's new fuck, fucking bops dropping that pertain to God and heaven. I got some feedback for the church. Next time they pass around the little bin for money, I'm just going to put like a list of suggestions in there. I think they would like that. Okay. Time for the current events segment of my podcast. Um, and by that, I just mean uh, detailing something I saw on Twitter. So there was a 29-year-old single childless woman telling us about how great her life is as a 29-year-old single childless woman. And obviously, um, I really identify with that because I'm a 29-year-old single childless woman. You're looking at her, folks. Let me, okay, let me just play the thing. You can listen to it if you haven't. It's 10.45 a.m. on a Saturday. I'm 29 and single and I don't have kids yet. Here's what your Saturday morning looks like when you're single at 29 and you don't have a kid running around the house. I didn't rise from my bed until 10.15. Every time I thought, I should probably get up and do something. I thought, why? Nobody's making me. I'm not missing out on anything. I went to Beyonce last night and I didn't get home until 1 a.m. And I danced and drank my little heart out. And I didn't pay a babysitter to watch my kids as I did that. And I woke up a tad hungover this morning, which is probably why I was in bed for so long. And I was just scrolling on my phone and I saw a picture of shakshuka and I thought, you know what sounds really good? Maybe I'm going to learn how to make shakshuka today. Because I have no plans and I don't have kids and I don't have a husband and I don't have errands to run. I can go to the grocery store and learn how to make shakshuka. So that's on my agenda today. Also on my agenda, probably a rewatch of some Real Housewives of New York. I'm also doing a rewatch of Normal People on Hulu, which is really spicy and I highly recommend. Weirdly, I'm into this documentary on Netflix about blue zone countries. So I've got a pretty stacked day. Anyway, I say all this to say, whenever I'm hard on myself about why I'm not married and I don't have kids, and I should be further along at 29, almost 30. 
I wouldn't want to do anything else this Saturday. I know that you can do all these things when you have kids and you're married and I understand, but the effortlessness and ease of my life, just kind of focusing on myself and the shakshuk I want to make or the Beyonce concert I want to go to really pays off when I'm hard on myself for not being where society tells me I should be in life. Okay, what the fuck is shakshuka? Let me look it up. Shak Shuka. Oh, that looks good. Okay, just to make it about me. I don't feel like I'm that old. I guess I need the it really held up a mirror because I was like, oh fuck, am I supposed to have a fucking baby? Um Am I supposed to be justifying not having a baby? I only really just started to think about the fact that maybe I should find a boyfriend that um can maybe become a husband and maybe down the line we can start thinking about having a baby she comes across very defensive but that also might be because she's not from like a coastal city but she kind of looks like she is based on the patagonia vest which you didn't see but if you have seen that um she also said i don't have a baby yet i don't have a husband she's coming off a little defensive and i think the problem is she people can detect that weakness and they latched on when you come across desperate, you're literally oozing vulnerability. And I mean, listen, I've, I'm that. Do you think that's not the premise of this podcast? Um, which is why everyone's so scared to post online. But it is kind of just bait to, to get absolutely lambasted or lambasted, however you pronounce that word. And so she did. Story Queen went viral on Twitter, meaning that the takes are obviously completely polarizing. I hate reading the comments that are like, "I'm sure, I'm sure mothers would never be like jealous of her life," and then some pick me mom in the comments like it's so true having children is the most fulfilling experience it's like leave her alone she just she's clearly upset about the fact that she doesn't have a kid or a husband she's sad don't be mean to her be nice to her but i guess that's par for the course that's what twitter's for having completely polarized takes so you can have an argument that fulfills you because i'm sure none of these fucking men roasting her have children otherwise they'd be i mean not that men always take care of their children with their full time on twitter but i don't know obviously women are going to cope on some level because it's 2023 it's impossible to buy a house we have to work now so it's like how are most middle class women gonna raise children when they have to go to work for 10 hours a fucking day and then pay off their student loans and build up a career and i think a lot of people also have just like abandoned hope for the future in general and feel like there's no point to bringing kids on board to a sinking ship but then I guess a lot of these probably men don't believe in climate change anyway. So maybe they don't believe in the sinking ship at all. I think they would believe in Western civilization crumbling. Like, I mean, that's something that we can all agree on. But maybe they think it's because of women like this who don't want to have children and, you know, help humanity persevere. Um, but listen, if you believe in God and if you listen to this podcast, then you do. Then you believe everything is happening exactly as it should be. So just make peace with that fact that we're hurtling towards destiny, whatever that is. Things are going to evolve and change in civilization and society. And that's fucking destiny, baby. I'll say it obviously looks like there's a fallout to people abandoning the idea of having children because I feel like people don't think about children. People only act in their own self-interest now. And I say people and not women because I think men are equally, if maybe a little bit less worried about the kid question, A, because they can put it on the back burner and B, even if and when they do have kids, most of the onus falls on the woman. 
but it becomes like an immediate question for women because of our biological clock, obviously. But now on top of the biological clock is like the student loans, the emerging adulthood of wanting to get sex and partying out of the system and climb the corporate ladder to a point where you can sustain a family. How are you supposed to do that before 29? I know it sounds like I'm coping and maybe a, a little bit am, but it's so unfair to make it simply about women being selfish because honestly, it seems like having a child is an elite class luxury at this point. And maybe that's part of some, again, Darwinian survival of the fittest destiny, right? But I do think that the result of it does make people more selfish. Whether or not the decision comes from selfishness, I think it definitely results in selfishness because of course you're going to end up focusing on what you do have in your life, which is you. And I, I wish we could go back to that communal system of raising kids. That seems lit because I feel like it's good to be around kids, have a perspective. And I feel like people don't like kids now because they have no relation to them. They don't see them. They're just like, I'm going to get a fucking dog. It's very dogs over kids vibes in, uh, in the city I'm from, at least. I know I have a joke about this in my act where I'm like, dogs are better than kids, but I don't really believe that. So I should probably try to be a little more honest in my act. But I'm I'm fully kids over dogs, fam. And I find it creepy when people try to make the case of for dogs over kids because it's like, oh, you prefer something subservient to you that can't talk back? You seem like a fabulous person. But I do feel like uh, the less people that know how to relate to kids, the less they care or in, are invested in matters pertaining to children in general, which will lead to a societal decline. Because I don't know if you heard, but kids are the children of the future. And I'm just intuiting this because nobody cared when they were forcing kids to get vaccinated because people with childless people a group that's growing profoundly in numbers don't think about kids like think about how this pertains to the mass movement of transing kids children change their minds children don't know what they want children are impressionable children want to fit in it's insane to elicit medical intervention on just someone who's too young to consent sorry that's my hot take people want to say the right thing to be woke and approve everything related to the trans movement so they give it a thumbs up they're like yeah protect trans kids which is such a manipulation of language considering kids don't understand the consequences of transing before they're 18 people don't think about this they're like yeah thumbs up let the kids transition because they don't think about kids people don't think about kids people don't need to protect the freaking children so yeah, I have some maternal instincts. So I, if anyone wants to knock me out, um, I want to have a baby, not yet. But listen, this is also like, it's, people can't afford babies. So I'm, I don't know. I'm, t this is, a, it's a weird place that we're in. Like they don't have time to think about anything other than staying afloat. Like I do want a baby, but I also do want to have a career. So I probably ultimately just need to find some rich guy who's older than me. So that I can be a housewife slash comedian, the dream, every every man's dream. Um, and I probably could do that, but I'm not attracted to older guys because I have a healthy relationship with my father. So I just keep pursuing the most retarded crushes in the meantime. And I know that means I'm probably just not ready to settle down. So you're right. Maybe I should start lying about my age so people don't think I'm a desperate, childless, 29-year-old single woman archetype, which that's the most annoying part of this whole video is that this bitch created a negative archetype that I perfectly correspond with. Like that, that's how I feel attacked. Why would you do this to us, girl? I wonder how she's dealing with her five, five minutes of fame. It's so wild that anyone can be famous for five minutes and then just have a normal life otherwise. I didn't check her page, but I think it said she was like a content creator so, or content manager for like a company. Anyways, not invested enough to do my own research, but based on the Patagonia vest, it does seem like she has a real job and 
I don't think she's like a full-time internet performance artist like like yours truly. I um I'm an internet performance artist, I realized. I post in my story nonstop. That's probably the number one thing I make is Instagram stories. So I guess uh, by default, I am an internet performance artist. I posted a little clip of me doing some labor when I was at the cottage, just just doing a little trolling, just doing a little blue collar cosplay, just trying to bait the haters because I'm obviously not blue collar and I just love that Richmond, North of Richmond song. It's a good song. I can't recommend it or even play it for people earnestly at like a party because it's not not poetic or, co- or covert whatsoever. It's very straightforward, very on the nose, conservative, working class, new world order, fearing rhetoric, but I love it. It's a good song. I was just doing a little trolling online to bait the haters, but nobody, nobody protested. Nobody hated it. Maybe people are talking shit about me behind my back, but listen, all I saw was love and admiration in the DMs. So thank you to my circle of reply guys, my boys, I'd be nothing without you. And don't ever let me forget it. Okay. Instagram is my art. And as a performance artist, I got to keep my followers guessing. Okay. People were calling me trad. What about this 29-year-old single childless, mentally ill, female stand-up comedian, internet addict is giving trad? I do one fucking short and I'm trad? Fuck off. I'm, I don't have a husband or an income. I just don't like that word. I'm a whore of the mind and soul. Not of the body, but of the mind and the soul. I mean, arguably, I am a whore of the body. I do be posting bikini pics, but I'm not a whore. Like, I'm not selling my body i'm not a prostitute um i did go to a strip club though with a bunch of 22 year olds right before i stopped drinking you know some things some things are just a last straw well what i really did was i i went to an ocad party that two i think like within three days of each other i went to an ocad party i didn't know how i thought i was just going to a regular house party everyone there was 18 okay i wanted to be cool i wanted to fit in so i got blackout drunk and i I was like, I gotta play a song. I'm, I was getting into the party. I'm like, I gotta play a song. I I got the phone. I realized I didn't have a song queued up. I was like to all the, all the the people. I was like, what, what song? What song should I play? And they're like, we don't know. You wanted to play a song, so I played "One Dance" by Drake. And I've never regretted something more in my life because the way that these students, these art students, looked at me was as if I was the least cool twenty nine year old single childless woman, and from that moment, I knew I had to quit drinking. That was so embarrassing. Like that's, I have all of the embarrassing things I probably did that night and that week. Um, that would be the top of the list is requesting and playing one dance by Drake. And then trying to like rally up my friends to be like, let's dance. Everyone loves this song. (laughs) Yeah. I can think of so many other cooler songs that I would have really impressed those OCAD students. But anyways, I'm not, I'm not trad, okay? I'm not blue collar. I'm a whore of a mind, body, and soul. And here's a f- confession. Here's a confession. Listen, you can listen to my podcast. You can get my secrets. This is stuff I don't even say to people that I know. I've never worked a nine to five, okay? I've never had a full-time job. I've worked a lot, random gigs, 30-hour weeks as a server when I was first starting comedy, but then COVID happened and I got that Serb cash money then letter can happen then comedy and acting and i'm an actress um but even before that i was always i've always had this aversion to being locked into a nine to five which is another blessing of not having a kid is that i can not work sometimes you know i can't i can't do the nine to five i've all i but i 
I figure it out. I'm savvy. I'm entrepreneurial. I'm privileged and I'm a kind of a scammer. Let me tell you guys a little story of a job I once had. I was 23. I had just moved downtown and, you know, I was trying to figure out how I could support myself. And around then some random guy slid into the DMs as they do at this guy, no profile picture, no followers. His name was quote Daniel. And he said to me, he said, it looks like you have a lot of friends. I, I don't. Um, I'm really, I want to figure out how to like socialize and, you know, maybe have a girlfriend. So maybe you could, um, give me some advice. And I said, I have more than advice. I have a curriculum. Okay. And for a hundred dollars an hour, you can join my course. And so that was my job for a while. I would meet up with this incel. Okay. I would take pictures of him for his dating profile. Um, and then I would give him vague, improvised, unqualified advice like join an intramural team (laughs) join a join a rock climbing place and you know it was going well you know he joined a rock climbing place he met a girl at the rock climbing place i was teaching him you know i was teaching him a lot i was teaching him how to not send six paragraphs to someone you first met on a dating app um you know i thought i was making a lot of progress um he was excited about this new flirtation, maybe even a new relationship with this girl. And he wanted me to read his text to help him navigate the convo further. So I took his phone and I was like, okay, you are stalking her. She's literally asking you to leave her alone. You need to leave this girl alone. So he left her alone. And then that's when he started texting me nonstop paragraphs like you've never seen. I became very acutely aware that I was very unqualified to be doing this. Um, these long form, just stream of consciousness, like you have really white teeth. What kind of toothpaste do you use? Um, I I do have BL. Like what kind of path should I use? I'm going to this tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Long, long, long. Can I see you twice this week? And you know, I told him he couldn't message me 24 seven. And then he offered me to pay me per text message. This is how I first became a whore of the mind and soul, by the way, on, on one of our last meetings, he wanted to practice hugging on me. <laughs> Don't worry. It was in a public place. Okay. It was in a Tim Hortons. So I let this uh, guy practice hugging on me in a Tim Hortons because he thought he might be a weird hugger. Might be. Anyways, I did have to block him. Hope he's doing well. And you know, for so long, I kept this story to myself because I thought it might make me sound unlikable. Like the story of someone taking advantage of someone who's clearly autistic. Um, but now that I look back and I realize I'm like I was 23 and I'm pretty sure he was like 37 I don't really feel bad anymore you know there's something that's interesting to me that I've realized is that even though I was only 23 like I didn't realize the power I had like I did but I also didn't like it's a power you only realize was power after it's gone do you know what I mean like I think it's so interesting the way people say it's unfair that men have power in society because the truth is that men have power when they're older if they are rich and women have power when they're younger if they are hot And it's more or less easy to be hot when you're young. The thing that's actually unfair is that we get our power anointed to us as women before we even recognize what it is. So I'm here to spread the word because a lot of women don't recognize and realize the power that they have until it's too late, you know? And a lot of people do recognize it. A lot of women do recognize that they have that power, but they wield it without having the grace and magnanimity to realize the power for what it is and they branch that power without responsibility or mercy so i say to my female young 
listeners, know your limit, play within it, use your power, but show mercy, my girlies. And to my male listeners, um, be rich for that is all you have. No, I'm kidding. I love everyone. Let's all be nice and more understanding of each other. How about that for once? Um, I'm going to be making an announcement on September 8th. I legally can't make the announcement till then. So look out for that. I'm very excited about it. In the meantime, follow, subscribe, leave me a fucking review. Tell your friends. I want to get monetized. I'm so far only a whore of the mind and soul, but I'm barely profiting off of that. So I'm just volunteer whoring at this point, which is insane. And I want to make some money so I can have a baby and not be a childless 29-year-old single woman. And can you imagine the stories I would have if I had a baby? It'd be a great podcast. The, po- par- the podcast would be fire if I had- could afford a baby. Just kidding, but I'm not ready. But I do want some money so I can buy a $600 uh, trench coat from Reformation. So spread the word. If you love it, if you don't, don't be fake. Don't fucking tune in if you're hate listening. That's so rude. Turn it off. I mean, it's too late now. It's The podcast is over, but don't. Can you believe people do that? Waste their own time just to be a hater? Couldn't be me. Couldn't be you because everyone who's listening loves me. I love you. Look out for the new episode, which I hope to record on the new moon. I'll have a new pod. I'll have a new period and probably a new diagnosis. Honestly, at this point, thank you guys for listening. I love you. Goodbye.